Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. Welcome, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest with us. We have Danielle Marsh, who is a health and fitness coach. And the purpose of her being here today is she's very excited to share some tips and pointers with you guys about converting to a more organic lifestyle and making different decisions when you're shopping for organic products. Uh, Welcome, Danielle. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this lifestyle? Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So my husband and I, I think it's worth saying, um, did not grow up with an organic lifestyle. Uh, We grew up here in the South, here in Florida. So we grew up with everything covered in butter and mayo and lots of meat and potatoes at every single meal. And about seven years ago, we were planning our wedding. And I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, oh my gosh, on God's green earth, I am not walking down the aisle looking like this. We are both about 40 pounds overweight. And I said, gosh, what do I need to do to get to a place where we feel really comfortable, but more than that, really healthy? So I started diving into what it means to live a healthy lifestyle and make sure that I took that route versus just dieting. I wanted to give myself a lifestyle that I could commit to forever, especially with, you know, wanting to grow our family as we moved, you know, forward in our relationship. So I started looking into it and I found that choosing options that were organically grown over conventional were not only going to give us more nutrition, if you will, every time we ate, but they just tasted better. Absolutely. And we were actually saving quite a bit more money. So it was also, you know, a win-win there for us whenever we were planning our wedding. I think that a lot of people feel like shopping for organic products is actually a lot more expensive than shopping for conventional products. Um, How did you go about making that change and what did you find were easy ways to go about shopping organically? What are the tips and pointers that you have for our listeners so they can pursue shopping organically? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So that was actually one of the beginning little, um, I like to call them bickerments, if you will, because right. it's not an argument between like a bickerman yeah. between me and my husband of, you know, if you're going to go to the store and you're going to buy all these organic things, it's going to be so expensive. expensive. Our grocery bill is going to be through the roof. And I remember thinking, no, that can't be right. I mean, obviously there's a little bit of, you know, of an upcharge on those items, especially if you're going to shop local like we do and, you know, those locally sourced items, it comes with a bit more of a price tag. But I will tell you, when we were shopping conventional at um, other grocery stores, we were spending, oh gosh, over a thousand dollars a month on our groceries. Easily. Yes. And when we took a step back and we started kind of um, hunting out different places, if you will. I mean, we we went to all the major grocery stores, the big ones, the small ones, and we have so many different um, chains here in the area that we live in. And we were able to find a place that offered really good prices on their organic fruits and vegetables and the grass-fed beef and, you know, the all-natural chicken, the things that we bought, you know, the most of. 
And we've been able to cut, cut our grocery bill by about a third every single month. That's and, amazing. Yeah. And now we also have a three-year-old. And he, of course, is another mouth to feed, you know, all of those meals. And we're still spending less than we were before. That's amazing. What benefits are you seeing that this has had for your family outside of the financial benefits and how you're feeling? Um, I mean, you look amazing. Um, so clearly, you know, eating well and and implementing these changes into your diet and, and exercising as well has had a great impact on you. But overall, what benefits have you seen for your family? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said before, um, we have a three-year-old son and introducing him to these really great foods, especially organic versus the conventional, we've noticed, you know, that he is more open to trying other foods, which I think is great. He's not super picky. I mean, when you when you purchase foods that are organic, you're automatically going to get more of the flavor, the texture, because it is natural the way that that food is grown. Um, my husband has actually um, seen a decrease when it comes down to like weight loss, for example. Um, I've noticed like my skin clearing up. I have way more energy. Um, better sleep patterns. When I was actually like right before our wedding, when I was eating just kind of whatever I could find and just, oh gosh, I'm starving. I'm going to go through this drive-through. I had recurrent like chronic kidney infections and I was having a really um, just big problem with my weight. Like I said, I was 40 pounds overweight. So when I started to switch over to these other options, I not only noticed that I was losing weight more naturally and I was sleeping better and just feeling better overall, but my kidney infections infections went away. So that was a big plus. That is a huge plus. I think a lot of people are interested in this lifestyle and they want to be able to incorporate organic options into their lifestyle and their diet, but they're not really sure how to shop or what to do or you know, now the way things are packaged, we're not sure, is this really organic? Do you have any tips or any pointers to our listeners that can help them in planning their shopping list or ways that they can shop or ways that they can start implementing these changes into their lifestyle and their shopping patterns? Yes, absolutely. So I absolutely love meal planning. I know a lot of people's eyes will glaze over when they think about that because they're like, oh gosh, just give me the food, make it for me, let me pick it up. But here's the deal. It can be a really fun experience if you get yourself excited about what you're going to make. Food at the very basic level, apart from being obviously, you know, your your foundation and your energy every day is also going to be a source of many of your feelings and your memories. I know growing up, I remember, you know, picking up one of those giant bags of popcorn from Publix and eating that with my mom and my stepdad and my sister on a Saturday night while we watched movies. Obviously, I can't do that now because it's not the best, you know, healthy choice, but that memory is something that's really cemented and I want to create that for my family. So the first thing I do is I make sure it's a positive experience. If I know that my husband or my son don't like a certain food, I'm not even going to attempt to make it. Right. Why would I, you know, put them through that? If I know that I'm not someone who can eat salad every single day, I'm not going to do it. It's not going to be sustainable for me and for my life. So the first thing is make a list of foods that you absolutely love. Don't put the ones in there that you hate. Right. And Jessica, I think it's worth noting to say there are 20,000 species of different types of edible plants, yet only 20 of them represent 90% of what we eat. And that is insane to me. So when someone says, I don't like vegetables, well, there are too many vegetables for you to say you don't like vegetables. We probably just haven't found the right one for you. So making that list of foods that you love, that's your first step. 
your next step is go to your pantry. And if you look in there and you see box brownie mix and you see macaroni and cheese and you see Cheetos and all those other things, um, you want to go ahead and you want to throw them away. If they're not there, they can't tempt you. That's right. If you feel bad about throwing food out, go ahead and take it to a shelter. Donate it. Yes, Yes. Or church, they'll be happy to have it. The next thing that you want to do, and this is so wonderful, um, when I first started doing this, like I said, about seven or eight years ago, we did not have Instagram, and I think now it's kind of taken over. It has. Go to Pinterest, (laughs) go to Instagram, or use, you know, just your Google search bar, and you can go ahead and type in different types of meals, and then you can tweak those to your preferences. Maybe you see something like a rosemary pork chop, and you go, oh gosh, that looks really good, and it has this mushroom creamy gravy, but I know that it's not going to be great for my new meal plan, you can tweak it. You can sub out that pork chop and bring in chicken. That's a great protein option. You can take out the heavy cream in that creamy mushroom sauce and you can use coconut milk. There's a couple different things you can do. So just to kind of recap, make that list of foods that you love, go to your pantry and purge all the ones that are not going to be, you know, on your meal plan for the future. Go to Pinterest or Instagram, research those meals, write it out and tweak them. And then you want to actually write out your list of recipes, write out your grocery list and go to your store. Right. The biggest thing I can tell you too is when you're shopping, stick to your list and make sure that you shop the perimeter of the store. You want to pick up all those um, unprocessed foods. If you can buy the things that are in organic, go ahead and choose those, put them in your cart. I even go a step further where when I'm making my grocery list, I will purposely put like the fruits and the veggies right next to each other because they're neighbors in the store. And I don't want to walk all the way to the other end, see all those goodies, the Pringles and all of that, and pick those up and put them in my cart. So those are a couple just different things I have for preparing whenever you go to the store and picking up your actual items. And don't shop hungry. (laughs) I think that's one of the biggest (laughs) things that we do that we fail ourselves. You go to the store, you're hungry, and you end up with so many things in your cart that shouldn't be there just off of temptation. Um, Now, Danielle, when, when we get to the stores, do you have any pointers that we could teach our listeners on how to read those labels? What we're looking for? What are the good things? What are the bad things? What should we be looking for? And how to really pick the right items when we get to our, our market? Yes, absolutely. So labels are tricky by nature. They have health claims and nutritional claims that really are there for marketing purposes. For example, if you walk down a cereal aisle, you're going to see your sugary cereals at the kid's eye level because they're going to be drawn to those cartoon characters and those fun colors. And then at our eye level, you're going to see high fiber and gluten-free, all those things (laughs) that you're like, oh, that sounds, or low salt or whatever it might be. So you're going to naturally pick those up. Here's the thing with the labels. If you can just flip it around and look at your ingredient list, a good rule of thumb is don't purchase anything with more than seven ingredients. And once again, if you're not sure about what an ingredient is and you want to do a quick little search on the internet, you totally can. Because some things might seem a little misleading. Let's say you pick up a jar of organic applesauce and you look on the back and it says apples, ascorbic acid and water and you're like oh ascorbic acid I have no idea what this is must be a preservative actually that is vitamin c and you need vitamin c so you want to go ahead and you can take that jar with you but if it has something extra like salt and added sugar and corn syrup those are the ones that you really want to steer clear of um 
So yeah, I think that's great. Just turn it around and read those ingredient listings. And also a big one, you want to make sure that you're picking up those whole foods, preferably that are not in a box or a can. But if you do have to pick up something that has an ingredient listing, really just read those ingredients and know what you're going to be putting into your body. Absolutely. I think that those are great pointers. Um, And I think that that is a big thing that a lot of people don't realize is that it's so simple if you allow yourself time to shop and spend that time in the store to really look at the labels, see what you're putting into your body and see how it's impacting it. I think that it's great that you and your husband are making these choices for your son because now with all the different foods that we have out there, so many people are developing food allergies. There's so many risks associated with the things that we are eating. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and what risks that you feel like that you're avoiding by choosing these options? Yes, absolutely. So when children are young, they are so much more susceptible to the poisons and the toxins that are on the foods that you're bringing home. And it's really important that you try to limit that as much as possible. One of those things I know that they found actually a link between ADD and mental health and, you know, um, just behavioral issues in children from those toxins. So I think it's just really important to try to, to limit that. If you can grow it out of the ground and you can just put it right on your table and eat it, that's definitely, you know, the best way. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that having these options available for our children and for ourselves mm-hmm. are very important right now, just because I mean, so many foods are being genetically modified. There's so many risks associated. And when you can take something that is coming straight from the ground right to your table, clearly it's the best option. I know that, like I said, you've been doing this for quite some time. You've seen some really positive effects for you and your family. What else are you doing in, in addition to making these changes in your diet that you feel like are impacting, impacting you and your family in a positive way on a fitness level? Because I think our listeners need to know that this is a lifestyle choice. It's, it's, you know, it's about eating and what we're doing and our diet, our exercise. It, it is a, a full change for your lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. It goes hand in hand. Exercise, as you know, we did talk before about it. It is a huge part of my life. Um, I try to exercise every single day if I can and really listen to my body and make sure that I'm giving it the rest that it needs after I do the strength training and the cardio and the hit and all the different types of exercise that I engage in. My son knows when it's mommy's workout time, he goes, oh, you're going to work out. Okay, mommy, have fun. And he's three, by the way. So I'll go and I'll work out and he watches. Sometimes he does it with me. My husband's also very active when it comes to exercise and it's very important to him. Another thing that we've done is we have transitioned over to non-toxic household cleaners. And I'm slowly also um, phasing out all of those toxic items in my beauty regimen. So non-toxic household cleaners are a huge one. Um, My child is, obviously he's been walking for some time, but he's still touching lots of things and his hands go in his mouth and his toys are on the floor. And, you know, it's, it's very important to us that whatever he's putting into his mouth is not something that could potentially harm him either now or later on down the road. And the same thing goes for our shampoos, our conditioners, um, deodorant, all of those things. And what's great is we live in a, day and age where you can find a non-toxic alternative to what you've been using previously, whether it's your shampoo, your conditioner, conditioner, your deodorant, or your makeup. Toothpaste and all. Yes, um, mouthwash. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yes, uh, same at my home. Uh, there are so many options available. You've given our listeners some really great tips as far as shopping and eating and meal prep and planning. If we have any listeners that are just starting to get into this, don't really know a lot about it. I think that they have some great options now 
to figure out how to plan a list and how to shop, if they were just starting to to try to exercise and to get into that as part of their lifestyle, do you have any recommendations of ways that are sites that they can visit or ways that they can just start getting their body acclimated to those changes? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I would do is I would talk with your doctor, make sure that of course you're cleared, you know, for any and all exercise. Um, A lot of times they can also refer you out to a registered dietitian or a nutritionist if you're in one of those states that recognize that and they can really give you a tailored plan that's going to be best for you, you know, in your lifestyle and for your body and what you want to see. YouTube is a great resource. Pretty much nowadays you can find anything for free on the internet. You can go on there and you can just, you know, look up some low impact cardio if you want to start there and then really just listen to your body. If you're really sore the day after you work out or you want to incorporate strength training, but you don't know the proper form or you need some help with that, look it up there. You can also visit a local gym, talk to a trainer for free for a few minutes. You can join a gym, whatever you might you know, need to do to really start that lifestyle. Wonderful. Well, Danielle, we thank you so much for joining us today. You've given you. us a great deal of information that I think can be very beneficial to our listeners. If you, our listeners, have any questions about this, if you have a need uh, for any more information, you can reach out to me personally. My name is Jessica Stife. As always, I'm your host. I'm the Education and Outreach Director for Florida Organic Growers. You can reach out to me at freshtake at foginfo.org. I encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast so we can keep sharing our message with listeners and getting our point across on how important it is to really be a part of an organic lifestyle. We thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you more information on this topic at another time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 